So today, as you've been hearing during worship and during prayer and during the announcements, today at 5 p.m., we as a church officially start our 21 days of prayer and fasting. fasting. Praise God. Y'all know you got the message. You checked your, your inbox and got it. Praise God. So we're going to be doing a message today, kicking this off, titled Do It For A Day. And we're actually using a book that's going to go hand in hand with our fast this year. And it's by Mark Madison. And the title of it is Do It For A Day. And so our messages for the next three weeks are going to tie in to the devotional. So if you did not get the devotional, come see me. I'll help you get an order. We can, we, we can get you one. You're really going to need one. You're going to want one. It's going to help you spiritually grow through the fast. Amen. And I really want to challenge you like Pastor Jessica did, if you have not already done this, write down what you're going to fast for and what you're going to fast from. We're not just doing a spiritual diet, right? Do you know that? You know, if you're married, sit down tonight. We, we've done this every year we've been married. On the Sunday before we kick, kick it off, we sit down and we talk. I ask her what she's fasting and praying from and for, and I tell her what I'm fasting and praying from and for. And we, we write it down, we put it on the fridge. And we have it there as a reminder. Amen. So let's take this serious. The more, you, the more serious you take this, the more you're spiritually going to grow. Do you know that? Right? And I believe he wants to do some amazing things in and through us this year as we kick off a brand new year. So the title of our message today, like I said, is do it for a day, making and breaking habits. We're going to be on part one. And so today I want you to know God wants to do something fresh, brand new. He wants us to realign our lives, realign our hearts, realign our vision for our lives, realign our faith, and make Him priority number one, right? I know, I get it, we live busy lives, and so generally at the start of a new year, the world says, okay, I want a fresh brand new start, that's good, that's great, but you know, God, He wants more for us than just trendy uh, New Year's resolutions. He wants to set you free from some stuff. He wants to bring all of us back to the high place. Because maybe God isn't number one. And that's okay. But let, let's use this to, to reset and refocus and put him where he belongs. Come on, somebody. Right? So God is he's telling some of us to lay some things down. And he's telling some of us to pick some things up, some good, healthy things. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Making and breaking some new habits, right? And God, he does that supernaturally when we pray with everything that we have and when we fast with everything that we have. If you haven't uh, put down something that you're going to fast from, if it's not some kind of food, I highly, highly encourage you to do that because nothing can crucify your flesh quite like uh, denying your flesh some food. You know, people, they fast from social media and TV. That's great, too. You probably need to have one of those on there, too. But nothing really crucifies your flesh when you say, you know what, I'm not eating any sugar for the next 21 days. Or I'm not going to eat any meat for the next 21 days. <laughs> I hear some jokes in the, the crowd. Amen. But nothing crucifies our flesh. And what happens when we do that? It's a sacrifice of praise. We align our wills, our hearts, our lives up with the best that God has for us. And when it gets hard, I press in. Somebody say press in. Press into Him and not into my own understanding. And when you do that, this next 21 days, God is going to meet you. 
He's going to speak to you. You're going to hear him louder and clearer than you have in a long time if you give him everything that you have. And guess what? When we start breaking some habits, start making some new ones, guess what? He may not release you after 21 days. I just stepped on somebody's toes. Maybe God doesn't want you to continue eating the amount of sugar that you've been eating for this past year. And he wants to jumpstart you and catapult you to a new healthy lifestyle. And if you do this, you might feel God more, experience God more. Hey, he might just give you some more joy. Right? I want some more joy in my life. Anybody else? Right? So look at that first recap point. It's really a recap of what we talked about all last week. We did a standalone message titled Missions and Margins as we get ready to set for prayer and fasting. Right? And so this is really everything we talked about in one little well, a couple sentences, a quick, short little paragraph. It says, so as we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting today, we want to make or break habits that create margins and empower us to live on mission. God wants us to live fruitful lives and be fulfilled and live a fulfilled life. Margins allow us to become who we were created to be, and mission allows us to do what we were created to do. So we talked about the importance of Lining our lives up, lining the vision of God, lining the mission that we have for our lives up with whose mission? God's mission. If God said it in his word, guess what? You ain't got to pray about it. (laughs) If he said it, just do it. Now there's some gray areas that I need to seek prayer. And in those times when I do that, that's when I, I figure out the margins for my life. Does it line up with the mission of God for my life? Does it line up with the desires, the pure motives that I have, the dreams, the God-sized dreams that I want to do? Does it line up with God's word, does it line up with his mission? And when I do that, we calculate the, the, the error for margins, right? The things that, that I need to account for that I'm not doing good in, the things that I do good in. And when I marry margins and the mission, guess what happens? A game plan is conceived. And every one of us needs a game plan in this new year. Or is it just me? Because right now, everything's kind of hunky-dory. But you know, there's this thing called COVID-19. Y'all heard of that? Oh, you have? That's all they want to talk about? So your day-to-day life can change day-to-day. And you're going to need His peace. You're going to need His power and presence to walk in peace, joy, and presence this upcoming year. And so we need to align the, the, the mission of God, figure out the margins in my life, and when I do that, a game plan is conceived. And hey, we don't want just our personal own game plan that sounds good. We want his game plan for our lives, right? Look at Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are. Wise, one person paying attention. And then it says, make the most of every opportunity. I want you to underline that this morning. Every opportunity in your life, in these evil days. Anybody agree we're in some evil days? Amen. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. If you want to understand what the Lord wants you to do, you need to pray, you need to fast, and you need to believe. Take the time to pray, take the time to believe, take the time to fast. And we as a church are going to do that for the next 21 days and beyond. Xander's favorite movie right now is Toy Story. 
We're going to do this to infinity and beyond. We're going to believe. We're going to pray. We're going to fast. You liked that, didn't you, sugar boo? Holy Spirit just gave that to me. That'll preach. That'll preach. And I'm sorry about my microphone. Y'all bear with me. Maybe I will use that. Forgive me. I'm going to change so y'all can have your peace while I preach. So this year, I ask you to highlight that. Make the most out of every opportunity, it says in Ephesians, right? This year, make, make, make it intentional. Be, be intentional. Be on purpose to redeem every single moment, opportunity, gift, talent, resource, time, and energy that God has already given you. God, when you begin to see how blessed you are, you'll begin to see that God has already, somebody say already, positioned you to succeed. We, we live in America, so we are blessed beyond most of the world. You have endless amounts of resources that God's already given you. You have enough time to do your quiet time. You have enough time to get on your knees. You have enough time to meet and talk and fellowship with God every day. See, but your excuses that you use keep you bound. You know, your excuses don't excuse you from your behavior. They just make you feel better about staying stuck. So if you want to stay stuck, keep telling yourself those little white lies. I don't have enough time. This is too hard. I can't do this. I can do through. Man, I must be doing a good job preaching because y'all know the word. Right? Philippians 4.13. You got to take the time. You got to have faith and you got to believe. Hey, and if you feel like you're in this alone, you're not. But if you truly feel alone, reach out to me. Reach out to Pastor Jessica. We got some amazing leaders, people in this church. Don't do faith alone. Find somebody that you can trust who will have your back, who will pray and believe with you and for you. Amen? Because when you begin to see who God is, you'll begin to see that you're already positioned to prosper. And he wants to continue to elevate us so we can prosper more. Because why would it be beneficial for God to have his children prosper? See, because if his children prosper, the kingdom of God prospers. Do you see that? And my father's a king. I've never met a poor king in my life. So you are rich beyond your wildest imaginations. He wants to do things exceedingly abundantly above what you can think or imagine. He just wants you to trust him. Who's going to trust him today and to infinity and beyond? Amen. We're having fun today. The last little nugget I want to give you before I read, the, let's just go ahead. Look, look at this next point. So it says, this is what we're going to talk about today, making and breaking habits. If I was to see the bad habits, somebody say bad habits, in your life on a daily basis, I could tell you what your future's going to be. Show me your habits, and I'll tell you your future. Our habits bless us or curse us. And I really want that, that, that to have a spiritual shift in their mindset. The thing that you can't say no to is killing you. And it's a curse. And you can't get up out of the curse unless you surrender that thing onto the one. So that thinking our habits can bless us, good habits can bless us, bad habits can curse us, can kill us. 
And we can never escape the law of sowing and reaping. I think you all know that because you're super smart. But our lives perfectly reflect the habits that we've created. And so just imagine this. It would be kind of weird, uh, kind of freaky, but if I had like, hired a private detective or something to follow you around all day, be right there waiting. When you're getting ready to wake up, I'd find out what time you wake up. I'd find out the first thing you do. I'd find out the first word you use. I'd find out that first little opportunity for you to believe or doubt what happened or arise in your life that day. I'd figure out how you do work. I'd figure out how you treat people. And then I'd figure out how you treat people when people ain't around. That'd be kind of weird, right? But based on the way you live your life and based on the types of habits that you're currently walking in, I could tell you if you continue to live this way, where you would eventually end up. See, all of us want to end up in the blessing, or is that just me? I, I, I want to strive for greater things. I want, to, I want to reach the mountaintop, the pinnacle that God has for my life. See, but I don't always live, don't always practice, don't always prepare the way that I should to get to the mountaintop. Any Alabama fans in the house? We got a big game Monday. This whole season, that team has been practicing in the trenches, in the dirt, in the blood, in the sweat, in the tears, in the celebrations, in the sorrows. Together, they've been doing it, and they've reached what? The end game. Now, they still got work to do. But do you think they made it there because they had... All of them had some bad habits. They collectively came together, believed in the mission, believed in the margins, seeing the margins, came together, and hey, the best is going to win on the field. Our spiritual lives need to look the same way. See, professional athletes, they, what do they do? They break their bodies into submission because they want something on the back end. Are you living life because you want to enter into heaven one day? Or when it gets hard, do you just check out? Because God wants to do greater things. The best things in life are the things you have to work the hardest for. Do you know that? The best blessings in your life are going to be the hardest things that you're going to have to work for. You don't just ease your way into a national championship. We're about to win our seventh one. Hey, and no national championship has anything up against the value of your soul. God wants you to thrive. He wants you to prosper. He never said it was going to be easy. Jesus actually said, when they persecute you, when they lie about you, take joy because they first did that to me. Jesus was perfect, and they crucified him. So we're going to have challenges, but when we have challenges, we need to put those on him because he's well and able. Amen? Here's the thing as we're trying to break bad habits and make new ones. If nothing changes in your life, nothing will change. And that's 
speaking just holly pond redneck. That sounds like it should be a proverb. The book of Westbrook. If nothing changes, nothing is going to change. Now, I know we believe in serve a big God, but you can't use that to keep you stuck on the couch, just, oh, I believe he can bless me. He can, but there's things he asks us to do to facilitate the miracle that I need him to do. Come on, somebody. I can't just sit like a lump on a log and do nothing and expect to lose 40 pounds. Right? Some of us need to lose 40 pounds this year. God maybe even said, right? But if I don't do anything, nothing will change. Hey, and if that's the goal, that's a great goal. But don't get discouraged when it doesn't happen overnight. Because how does somebody get 40 pounds overweight? Did they just wake up the next day 40 pounds heavier? No, it was a it was a, a way of life that they lived day to day to day over time. Right? And so look at this life of journey as day to day. As long as you lose one pound for every day in 40 days, you would lose 40 pounds. It's really, somebody say really, not that hard. Stop limiting your God. He's limitless. Amen. He's limitless. Look at Galatians 6, 7. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows, he will also reap. That is a law. Just as true as the law of gravity that keeps me bound and stuck to this, this stage. Keeps us bound and stuck to the ground. The law of gravity is real. It's invisible. I can't feel it or touch it, but it's real, right? The law, spiritual law of sowing and reaping is just as real. The things that you do and even the things that you do not do will reap, somebody say reap, repercussions. Something happens when I, when I do things. And the amazing thing is when we do things by faith, real amazing things happen. God sends supernatural blessings, supernatural miracles. Sometimes, in an instant, man, I've seen God answer some amazing miracles. In an instant, sometimes it takes a day, a week, a, a year, a couple years, maybe 10 years. But man, when he answers, it's on time. We don't serve a late God. So as we're making and breaking habits, we have to see that there's a responsibility on me to lay some things down and to pick some things up. And I have to see that if I've lived this way for a while, and if I keep living this way for a while, I'm going to continue to reap the produce, the fruits of those decisions. But if I can lay it down and begin to live this way, the God, way that God calls me to live, line my life up to his mission, factor in the margins, then I'll begin to reap some good things as well. See, as we pray and fast, God, he wants to bring the good things from heaven to earth in our lives. And that's what happens. A spiritual shift takes place when we fast and when we pray. See, the things that we do or don't do, they determine our destination. So where are you currently today? Where are you currently spiritually residing? Is your destination in a good place? I sincerely hope and pray you're in a spiritually good place. But odds and, and statistics say that most of us are probably not. 
So if your destination is where it is, how have you been living? Because the way that you live is probably factored into why you're where you're at. So if you don't like where you're at, begin to seek him, begin to ask, begin to believe, y'all, and he can pull you out of the pigsty. Y'all remember the prodigal son? He walked away from his inheritance, blew it right, had nothing to his name, found himself eating with the pigs. He had a moment of clarity, realized who he was. This is for somebody you need to remember that you are a child of God. Stop listening to the enemy. Stop listening to Fox News, CNN, your news feed, and Instagram, and Facebook. Stop comparing your lives to other people. Begin to compare your life to Jesus Christ, and you can have peace. You can have the best year you've ever had, but it's got to start and stop with our faith, with our expectations. And what I believe God can do and will do. And when we meet with him, I promise you, he's going to give you your next step. He's going to give you that next step. Some of you already know what your next step is. You've just been ignoring it because, ooh, it looks painful. Right? It's really not that painful. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm glad that my Savior, Jesus... When he looked at the cross, he didn't say, oh, that looks painful. Did he know it was going to be painful? God, he still said yes to us. Our life is not our own. And if these things that we're bound by, addicted to, are not good for us, we shortchange the righteousness of God for simple pleasures, for simple lies, for simple things that are killing us, for simple things that are deceiving us, God says, lay them down and take up my righteousness and be all that you can be. Amen? Look at 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, but this, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. We're still talking about reaping and sowing. So not only do you have to see that you're going to reap from your actions, but the amount that you reap is directly connected to the amount that you put in. So just doing the right thing isn't enough. I have to give my best to receive the best. Do you see that? Because he finishes, he says, and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So if you say, okay, I'm going to get on board, Pastor Ian. Maybe I'm going to lose 10 pounds, 20 pounds. I'm going to start going to the gym. And you give it your all for three days. And day four comes and you're like, man, this is too hard. You gave it your all for three days. Guess what? You ain't going to reap a whole lot. So it's not a matter of just laying down and picking up something good and new. I have to continue the process. And the harder I work, the more blessed I become. The harder and longer I stay in it, the more that I get in return. I have to stay faithful. I need long obedience. I need long faith. On those dark, sleepless nights, I need to believe the most. When I'm in the most pain, I need to draw near to God. Not draw away from God and try and do something else 
to facilitate my own miracle. Maybe I need to start reading this book. Billy Bob at work said this book really helped him. has nothing to do with the authenticity of who Jesus Christ is. And doing it God's way seems kind of hard, and so you want to try to do it the easy way. Right? Don't take shortcuts because it can cost you. You might end up worse than you was before. Right? So we have to believe, and the faith that we have has to be that thing that moves us forward. The faith that we have has to be that thing that propels us. No, I believe God said. No, I believe God can. No, I believe God will. I know it looks this way, God, but I believe and hear that it can and will happen. And I'm going to be patient through the dry spells. I'm going to be patient in the desert. I'm going to be patient in the plains, in the valleys. So that when it does happen, God, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice and no person, place, or thing is going to ever steal what you did for me when it happens. I'm going to stand on it for life. And when that happens, when those things happen, has that happened to anybody in this place? Man, give him a shout if it has. Right? And what is the, when, he, when that thing happens, what happens? That becomes a stepping stone in your life. Right? You use that to get to the next place. You celebrated. You worshiped. You praised God. And then guess what? God saw you said, we're not done. That's, that, there's more. Right? There's more. And he wants to do that for us. We have to believe. So look at that next point. In reality, if our destination is directly related to the way that we live, our destiny then is not a mystery. So, and we all we all want to have a great destiny, right? I hope you have some big dreams. Uh, but destiny is simply just our daily habits compiled on, on top of themselves. Right? The next right choice compiled on top of the next right choice. And before you know it, 40 days later, I didn't eat the, the wrong things. I ate the right things. I, I exercised a little bit. And before I knew it, I lost 40 pounds. I didn't lose it overnight, but it was a continuation of doing the next right thing. And I changed my destiny. I changed my destination. Do you see how powerful that is? Right? You're one habit away, think of it like this, from any goal that you set. Habit formation is not easy, right? But it is doable. We just have to be willing to fail, to fall, and look foolish. Stop letting your past failures keep you stuck. This is for somebody. You say, okay, Pastor Ian, yeah, but I've done this. I've tried this. I believe this. I maybe even went and got counsel from somebody or from a doctor or from this or that. I've believed and it hasn't happened. Stop letting those past failures determine where you currently are. Your destination is a combination of your faith, what you believe, and simply by doing the next right thing day in and day out. Right? Doing over and over and over 
and over again. Every day on the way to the work, you have the same stinking thought, right? It's going to be a terrible day. Why do I got to do this? So-and-so just don't know. God, you just don't know. See, we get into bad habits by bad routine of thought. And so to start this new habit, you got to change the way that you think. And changing the way you think begins to change your behavior. And before you knew it, you know what? You're going to work thinking, you know what? No, this is going to be a good day. No, God, you're for me. No, God, I have favor. No, God, I'm anointed. No, God, I'm appointed. No, God, you said. See, but you got to do this. you got to do this. And you can do this. Right? This is how we facilitate not just the changes that we don't like about our lives, but facilitate the releasing of the blessing from heaven. Come on, somebody. There's a floodgate of blessing over your life that's just waiting to flow over you, and you just got to pull the cord. You, you got to pull the cord. And don't be afraid of your past failures because each and every single person has and will fail. The best success happened on those same people, how they responded to those failures. Oh, WD-40. Who knows about WD-40 in Holly Pond? Man, there's a lot of uses for some WD. That dude failed 39 times before it became WD-40. Did you know that? That's how it got his fancy name. How many? Some of you ain't failed 10 times and you're already to get you're done. Imagine failing 39 times. But then the 40th time, God answers. Faith is not just, it's not just something that, it's some of the hardest things that he asks us to walk through to attain the, the best things. Do you see that? So, hey, stop letting your, your past failures and past things that people say about you even keeping you stuck, Right? We're just one pure thought, one pure prayer, one pure action away from breakthrough. You are. I am. We are. One holy thought, one holy action, one holy prayer away from a breakthrough to break an old habit and to begin a healthy, brand new thing. What is God's best for your life look like? What if I told you that if you could just break this one thing, that could be the, the breaking point to facilitate God's best in your life. A lot of times we can narrow down to one, two, maybe three things that are really just holding us back. And as you pray and fast, I really think and feel that we should focus. Maybe there's one gigantic thing and you know what it is. Attack that thing, but try and not go past three or five things. Because if we go past three or five things, we become scatterbrained. and we, God wants us to focus and harness our faith, our belief, our energy into one, two, three things, five things at the most. Because if you got 10, 20 goals, realistically, you're not going to hit those. But if you have one, two, or three things that you say, these are my goals, these are my plans, this is what I heard you say, then we can stay focused on those things. Right? And it helps keep us focused. Amen? Look at Proverbs 24, 16. It says what? The godly may trip seven times. But they? We have to get up. Tell your neighbors, say, hey, get up. 
Tell your other neighbor if you got one. Say, hey, hey. get up. We got to get up, guys. We got to get up. The time is now. The world ain't going to get better on its own if nothing changes. God wants to use the church to change our world for good. One soul at a time, one family at a time, one business at a time. Right? So our fear of failure and even what others may think of us can't be that thing to stop us from doing what God said. If God said it, I already said, you don't got to pray about it. If God said it, simply do it. Simply get up, simply believe, simply give it your all, and simply do it. And hey, stop letting people from the sidelines judge and dictate your destination. Stop letting people who aren't even doing the thing that they're judging you from not doing dictate how you continue to live and believe. How backwards is that? You're letting the fear of the appearance of failure stop you. That's stupid. That's dumb. We need to believe. Right? Audience of one. Audience of one. So don't give that power to somebody else who isn't even doing the things they're preaching about, right? Do I, am I the only one that knows these types of people? Okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't alone in here. We got to stop letting them dictate and have the power in how I live because I'm afraid of what they might think. If God said it, I want to do it. I want to do it this year and to infinity and beyond. Man, I know how good that was going to be. And I might keep preaching. I might have to do a series titled for Xander, man. Xander the Mander. Look at that next point. So consistency, 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 guys. The continual right thought, the continual right process, the continual right action always beats intensity. Every day of the week. It beats it. It trumps it. If, like I said, if you go to the gym super hard, you're all in, man. You come out of the gates, fly. And y'all know you need a pace. Somebody said pace. Pace of victory. We're in a long distance race, not a sprint. So you are intense, man, for three days in a row. And then for the three days, you're dead. You need consistency. You need to set yourself up for success. Right? And the consistency always wins. What's the old, the old kid's tale of the, the race between the tortoise and the hare, right? The hare, he jumped out of the gate. He went and took him a nap. He said, yeah, I'm going to go take me another nap. And that tortoise just kept on, just kept on, just kept on. And what happened? He won. There's something us adults can get from that, right? And see, we have this fake facade of other people's lives we think the success that they're living in happened overnight. They did it. They, they got it in like a week. They got it in like a year. And so that right there is even stopping me from starting the thing God said to me. And God says right now to us, and I'll just be like that little, that little tourist. Just keep on, keep on, keep on. And before you know it, you're at your destination. And in first place, Right? So the rest of that point, sorry, 
We are only one domino away from breakthrough. Consistently see creates synergy and produces exponential growth and progress. That's the beautiful thing about consistency. Something over time, that brand new healthy habit begins to take root in your life. And that creates synergy. It's like a domino. That one domino goes and the rest fall. You, if you can knock out this one thing that the enemy keeps using to keep you bound, if you can knock that on, on its, on its, off its feet, onto its back, the rest of those other things would begin to start falling. Do you see that? And God says, if you're faithful in this, the, the rest of the stuff that you're worried about, you got to do one at a time, will begin to domino effect, ripple effects, supernatural ripple effects of our life. Our simple actions in the today have supernatural waves of blessing in our future. Supernatural things can happen and change in our tomorrow by what I do. Sim simple actions today. Simple words that I speak today can supernaturally change my tomorrow. Right? And no matter what, if you keep doing the next right thing over and over and over again, I, I, I promise you, if you live this way, you'll eventually get to your desired destination. And I know without a shadow of doubt, Ian's not where Ian is because I didn't not live this way. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I took some wrong steps. I took some wrong paths. But in the moment, if it was a hard decision, I always saw and prayed. And I did what I knew to do the right thing was in that moment. Do you see that? I took, I took some, some bad jobs, some wrong jobs. And God still blessed me. And moved me, because in the moment I gave him all that I had. So don't be afraid of making the wrong decision if you seek and pray, and maybe you still just don't know if you, by faith, if this is the right thing I'm supposed to do right now, and you take that step, and it doesn't work out, you're still blessed. So I know that I'm not where I am because I did not live that way. Because I live that way is the only reason I'm where I'm at. And I have to remind myself I have to continue to live that way especially as our family grows and expands. My actions are not just affecting Ian. My actions are now affecting my kids. It's always affected my wife since we've been married six years now, right? So that even changed the dynamic of my thought process when I got married. But so wherever you are, know that your, your actions and your faith, of course they affect us, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond us. And we got to get outside of thinking about just us, 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 us all the time. Right? God wants to improve our lives, yes. But if everything that I'm doing is about me, I'm doing it all wrong. I'm, I'm not doing that by faith. Because Jesus never once thought about himself. Right? So we need to think about what God has for us and also think about what God wants to do for others. Around us. Look at Luke 16, 10 through 13. It says, If you are faithful in the little, the little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you're not faithful with the other person's things, why should you be trusted with the things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Verse 11, it says, If you are untrustworthy 
about worldly wealth, who would trust you with the true riches of heaven? And it says in verse 10, if you're faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful in the large ones. So maybe if I ask where I truly am today and God hasn't answered that prayer for that thing that I'm needing and wanting him to do in my life, maybe he hasn't answered that prayer or done that because I've been unfaithful in what he's already given me. Do you see that? Write this down. Ask yourself this question. God, am I being faithful in the little? See, we all want more, but for me to get more, we just read it, God says, I have to be faithful with what I already have. Am I honoring God with what I already have? Am I honoring God with the little? And if I truly am, then that thing I'm asking for is on the verge. It's on the verge of happening. If I am giving God everything that I have, if I'm honoring everything that I have, every resource, every dollar, I don't want this to turn into a message, uh, a message about money, but every moment, every opportunity, if, I, if I'm doing those things for Jesus, if I am, he's fixing to bless you. But if I'm not, then maybe that thing I'm asking for him to do, he's just waiting for me to do my part. Give him the glory, give him the honor, and be faithful in the little stuff first, and then he can begin to add on to me. Amen. Look at that last point. So as we leave, we need to remember this. As we get ready to start tonight at 5 p.m., Okay, 5 p.m. Remember, we're not building our kingdom. We are not building the kingdom of Ian Mitchell Westbrook. We're building the, the kingdom of Jessica Nana Dean Westbrook. Or the kingdom of, you fill in your name. We are building the kingdom of heaven, right? And we're not operating in our own strength. This is why we fast. This is why we pray. We are creating margins so we can live on mission. We can live like men and women and believers on fire for God, for the glory of God. I feel like the Lord showed me something. If, if you can no longer say no to that thing, if you and your strength can no longer say no to that thing, that thing has become your God. If you can't say no anymore, it could be it could be tobacco, it could be the TV, it could be bad thinking, it could be an energy drink, it could be caffeine, it could be you fill in the blank. If you can no longer say no, it's become your God because it controls you. You cannot have two masters, Jesus said. And so if we don't know where to start, maybe that's where I need to start. God, what have I been doing in my flesh that I, I'm just gratifying and satisfying my flesh? I can't say no anymore. 
God says, I want you to stop that. I, and you're going to do it not in your strength. I'm going to do it through you. Come on, somebody. And you can have victory, and I can be rightly prioritized in your life again. And I can begin to do big, amazing things in your life once again. If you try and build your kingdom, you will stay miserable. If you try and build your kingdom, you'll stay depressed. But if you can get outside of yourself, live for God, and do things for Him, for the kingdom of God, for this church, for, for people that need, need hope and people who are in despair and depressed, if you do it for something bigger, you will have life. A bunch of other amazing things that he'll add on to us also. Living for God is life-giving. Living for self is self-destructive. The last scripture I want to leave you with, it's not on your paper outline, but it should be on your screens, whether you're here in a sanctuary or watching online. It was on Matthew 10, 38 and 39. I want to hit the nail on the head that says, as we pray and fast, we're not doing this in our strength. We have to remember that we're doing this for something bigger, right? And so Jesus said, And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. If you can't tell yourself no because of the sake of who Jesus is, God says you're not worthy for my kingdom. If you can't say no to that thing and say yes to me, you're not worthy of me. Because Jesus took up his cross. He says, we can take up a cross. Verse 39 says, he who finds life, who finds the good things, who finds love, who finds joy, will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who is willing to sacrifice for my sake will have the good things from heaven. He who is willing to say no to the devil and say yes to my Father, the sacrifice of praise will be the thing that brings the blessing of God. Making life-giving, healthy habits, guys, is going to cost you something. Real, good, healthy relationships are going to cost you something. Real, good, healthy, new, brand new habits is going to cost you something. There's going to be sacrifice required. This is the kingdom of God. So as we fast, as we pray, we have to see the sacrifice and know that it's going to be done through his strength. His strength, not mine. When it gets tough, I'm going to press into his strength. And when we do it his way, we actually find the joy that we're looking for. When you're willing to lay it down and do it his way, you're going to find that thing that you're looking for. That thing that's been escaping you this whole last year, if you do it his way, it'll find you. If you do it his way, it will find you in Jesus' name. Y'all pray with me.
Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for a powerful way for us to be catapulted into this season of prayer and fasting. God, I pray that real, amazing transformations would take place in the next 21 days, and that they wouldn't stop. And literally, I know we made fun of this today, but that literally to infinity and beyond, lives would be changed because of stepping stones that took place at the beginning of 2022 in Jesus' name. God, I pray by your Spirit that each person here receive the strength and power of your Spirit. Jesus, you said that my Spirit would come and bring you power. We have the power to say no. And we have the power to say yes. God, so I pray that power would be heightened, enlarged, grown, that spiritual power in our lives be grown by the time that we spend with you, that you would bless us, be with us, be for us, in Jesus' name. If you're here today, I don't want to not preach a message and give somebody the opportunity to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. So maybe that's you today. Maybe you sit there and you say, Pastor Ian, Jesus Christ is not the Lord of my life. I want you to change that. Maybe you're watching us online from home or driving in your car. I don't know. If you want to make that decision right now, we can do that. I want you to do that. I don't want you to leave here the same. I want you to be transformed. Know that you're loved by God. Know that you're accepted by God. If you are born again, if you're saved, I want you to pray for the lost right now, please. But if you're that person that's here today and you don't know the Lord, I want you to do something for me. No one's watching you. No one's looking at you. We're all praying for you. But what I want you to do is I want you just to stand up right now. Physically, stand up wherever you are in the sanctuary. Stand up to say, Pastor Ian, I hear what God's saying. I want to be born again. I want to be grafted into the family of God, adopted in. Right now, if that's you, I'm going to give you a few seconds. If you're watching online, I want you to put something in the chat for me, please. So one of our online uh, pastors can see you. Say, I'm making that decision. I want to make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. If you want to do that, please put something in the chat. Give you a few more seconds. Amen. Amen. Well, no one is standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be making this decision online, so I want to lead us on a prayer. I want you to repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we accept you. Right now, we believe in you, and we confess, Jesus, that you are Lord. God, please send your Holy Spirit to fill me, to help me, and to guide my life to live for you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise God. So awesome. I don't know about you. I was excited and glad to be here today. So if you was excited to be here, y'all come back and see us next week. Okay, bring a, a family member or a friend. We'd love to see them. But uh, we love you. Y'all are dismissed, and we will see you again next Sunday. Amen?